Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, your host, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's up, Derek? Uh, not much. Same old, same old. Good, good, good. Working hard, hardly working at all. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, anything exciting happen this week? Uh, no, I worked. <laughs> I can't say that was exciting. You need to get a life, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, I'd like to have a life, but I've got a three and a half year old and a six and a half year old, and uh, the three and a half year old is being a bugger, so. Eh, that's what they do. Yes. That's what <laughs> yes. they do for the and next. he does it well. My son's 20 next month, and he's still doing it. <laughs> you got a long way to go, buddy. He's He's six. <laughs> Or three? He's three? Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half? <laughs> it amazes me how stubborn he can be. Yeah, it takes after his dad. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, do, I do have a stubborn streak, but at three and a half, come on. He would like, he'd instead of giving in, he'd rather give up candy. Nice. He's learning. He's a stubborn little bugger. Yeah. I don't know. What are you going to do? I've uh, been working a bunch of stuff here over the last week. The website's about ready to be... Put up. Yes, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I've, uh, we've been hammering away at that website, mm-hmm. uh, thanks to the great help of Kevin, and uh, it's starting to look fantastic. Yeah, and um, getting our connections all made up with iTunes so that we can uh, host our podcast up there as well. Um, yes, I, we barely mentioned that, but uh, that's uh, that's something I'm very excited about, about uh, starting the podcast, and I think that'll... Uh, I'm really excited about taking that next step with this show. Yeah, well, like I say, that way we can we can put out there more people that didn't have access to to it. Yes, you know we'll we'll be able to have access to it. And I know there's a lot of people that like our show. The fact that they can download it and listen to it while they're going to work or on their way to and from, you know, paddling. I've, yes, I've, you know, I've, I've talked to a few yes. people, and that's what yep. they've done. You know, we we listened to a few shows going up, and we've listened to a few shows coming back. Yes, but people they need act, well with a podcast they can they are, they would be able to download it and listen to it offline and that would be a huge bonus if people yep. could listen to us in the backcountry. Well, that's what we've been uh, I've been working on this week. That and yeah, a couple other little things lining up uh, some guests for the show. Yes, uh, I'm very excited about that. We've got yeah. I'm not going to reveal any detail, details yet, but we've got a long list of. Uh, of guests upcoming this winter. Longer than my arm. <laughs> I got long arms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, T-Rex. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's all about the show this week. You know, this past week, that's all yes. I've been working on is, it's, it's is been the a, show. It's been pretty busy in the last little while. Yep, yep. So, um, the canoes and kayaks, tis the cold season. Yes. And, yeah, like I say, we are starting to get everything put away. All our gear, all our paddling equipment, all our camping equipment, all our everything is uh, being put away now. I mean, snow has, well, we had a little bit of snow. A little bit. It didn't stick it long. Yeah. It was here long enough for me to drive my vehicle sideways into a curb and then the snow went away. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that fixed on the 10th. Well, <laughs> I thought you'd have it fixed by now. <laughs> no, no, no. They're uh, they're busy this time of year at the dealership, and uh, they couldn't get me in for a long time. Oh, yeah, doing the snow tires and stuff. Yes. I'm getting my air conditioning fixed. Good timing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told them it wasn't cool, so they fixed it. Yes, it's, miss- it's a part that needs to be replaced. I said, okay, well, I'll do it in the spring. He calls me yesterday. Your part's in. Is it spring already? <laughs> he goes, oh, I forgot you were going to do that in the spring, not now. Uh, might as well take it and get it done anyway. Yeah. But uh, wow, spring already. <laughs> it's only last week it felt like it was fall. But, you know. So I think we need to talk a bit about storing canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddleboards. Exactly. And there's a lot of details. Like, I imagine a lot of people have their preordained habits they everybody does their own thing as coming into the fall you everybody clears up their gear and their and their watercraft and whatnot and uh it's this sort of might help as a reminder for myself because admittedly i've been a little slack on my canoe one of my canoes is still in my backyard sitting under my uh, cedar hedge so it's uh i've got to get it put away i've got to get it cleaned up and that was one of the things we were talking about when we came up with this next subject is uh, how to properly maintain, store, and put away a craft 
and your gear for the winter. So this is most people, I would hope most people have this done by now. And, and if you do have it done, maybe we might trigger a few ideas for you to say, oh, I should have done that or I should have done this. Oh yeah, I should do that before spring. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of that. I, I procrastinate and come on the <laughs> first trip of the spring, it's like, oh, big rush. I got to fix that thwart. I got to fix that seat. So maybe this, uh, this conversation will help twig and uh, get people uh, prepared to start moving early in the season. Hey, the winter doldrums are coming on and it's uh, maybe it'll be a hint to um, do some maintenance or, or whatever. Something to your you may have forgotten. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things when we were doing our research on this that I know myself and you as well. There's, why would you do that? Yeah, we'll hit that later. But uh, it was like, what? Yeah. I've never done that. It's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yep. So realistically, it breaks down into three um, three areas when you're when you're putting something away. First, you got to clean it. Make mm-hmm. sure your gear, whether it's a kayak, Absolutely. a canoe, paddleboard, uh, your life jackets, your paddles. Your water filters. Make, make sure it's clean. Mm-hmm. You know, get any dirt and grime off of it. Um, with anything you're storing that may have had food over the over the over the course of your your paddling, uh, make sure it's out of there. Make sure there's no food wrappers, candy wrappers, granola bar wrappers, anything, because when you put it up in your garage, say, and you got little critters running around, they can still smell a. Uh, a granola bar yes. wrapper or, or something you had a sandwich wrapped in or something. And they're going to eat a hole right through to get to that wrapper. Yeah. So you want to make sure, it, you know, everything, not just the dirt and the and the, the crud is, is washed off, but empty the pockets. Find out what's in there. Make sure there's nothing stinky, smelly that's going to attract the critters. Who knows what you'll find? You might find money. leave it there because you'll need that next spring yes (laughs) (laughs) and as with everything you have to make sure that after you're finished cleaning everything up you know wash it down regular soap and water will get most of the stuff off um there's magic erasers and stuff like that it'll get the other stuff off yeah uh but make sure before it is put away that especially if you're putting it in a cold garage, you don't have environmentally controlled places to store stuff. Make sure everything is 100% dry. You don't want to put anything away for the winter, wet, damp, because when ice forms, it expands. It's, yeah, it's amazing the pressure that ice can form and expand to. And, and you know, you're you're talking even like if you have uh, if you store your you should store a canoe or kayak, like a kayak on its side or a canoe upside down. If you store it the wrong way, the, any ice or water forming in like, say in the hull of a canoe, in the cracks or whatever, is just going to make those craps, cracks expand. Yeah. And that's, that's a little minor thing that's now going to be turning expensive. Exactly. You know, when you got, you got some, I mean, everybody knows the prices of the, of canoes and kayaks and all of a sudden you got to repair that thing. Like that's not going to be cheap. Yeah, like if, for example, if the if uh, the flotation box is in a, in the in the bow and the in the stern of a canoe, if there's water in that over winter, you could pop that wide open. Yeah, easy, very easy. So that's the thing. Just make sure that after you clean everything and inspect, make sure it's dry. Make sure you know, just make sure everything is totally dry. Um, but yeah, like I say, just empty the pockets, empty, you know, if it's a backpack or whatever, just empty it all out, take everything out. Even if you're just packing it back in, at least you know what's there. And one thing that I like about when it, it's sort of a, uh, to get down in the down and dirty details of inspecting a craft or inspecting your gear, cleaning it really opens your eyes. If you take the time to meticulously clean something, you're going to notice, you're going to see, it's like, oh, I didn't notice that crack or, oh, that screw's loose or, oh, that, uh, that gunnel or that thwart is cracked. So if you spend the time to look and clean, you're going to see the flaws and the breakages and the loose or the dry rot or whatever. Well, and that's the second area after cleaning mm-hmm. is inspecting your gear. Uh, and that's exactly it. Once you've done a totally thorough job of cleaning it, it's easier to pick out the cracks and, and, and yes. whatnot when you're inspecting everything. 
you know, you turn it over and as you say, look for damage where that could uh, lead to damaged equipment. Yep. Failure. Absolutely. Right? Next, I mean, next year you, you put it away. Okay. I'll, it looked okay. You know, you put it away dirty, but the next year you didn't realize that it was for frayed rope or something. Yes. And that rope could be the difference between tying up your kayak or your canoe or having it drift Absolutely. away. <laughs> so if you have like, it, it, like uh, people with, typically you have wood uh, gunnels, wood thwarts, wood yokes. And so if you see any dry rot forming on those, that's the, the time is now to fix it as opposed to being in a rush in the spring. You have all winter to look into getting a new yoke or whatever. And if you, if you're putting a kayak away for winter, like especially if like for one example if you store things outside or if you don't really take care of stuff all the bungees on your kayak or any ropes on your canoes all the uv over the winter plus the freezing and thawing are going to degrade those so you might try and stick your map under your uh, your bungees on your kayak and that just it's going to let go because yeah. either the either the uh, the bungee itself or the bungee tie down the little black grommets they could break because of uh, UV exposure. So it's one of those things. It's like look after it now, and it's going to take care of you in the future. Well, that and if you have repairs that need to be done to your craft, you might as well have it done over the winter. Yeah, you've got because the time. come spring when they've got their sails on and everybody's just busting to get out on the water and buy that new boat and, you know, new gear and get out there. They're, everybody, oh, everybody's going to be stuck. Oh, and I forgot this. Oh, I forgot yeah, that. Absolutely. Right? Whereas you, you've already got it done. They, yeah. did it, they did it back in January or December. Yeah. It's all ready to go. And you're ready to go the minute the ice is out. Exactly. You, you're not fighting 20,000 other people to get <laughs> something fixed that everybody could have had fixed over the winters. And everybody's busy now getting ready for, for Christmas. And then in the new year, it's going to be everybody's look, thinking of vacations down south or skiing or snowboarding mm -hmm. or, or whatever, or maybe trips down south to do some paddling in, in like, uh, you know, Mexico or anywhere, right? It's it, now, if you plan ahead and you think about any repairs you need over the winter, you can get it done before spring instead of that last minute rush. It's like, oh no, I have to replace that yoke before my spring fishing trip. Well, and some of it may end up getting worse over the winter as well. Yes, so if absolutely. you fix it now. Depending on where you store it. Yeah. Um, obvious things though, deck lines, bungee cables, yes. you know, check for signs of breakage. Uh, some of the other things, hatch covers, the seals, make sure the seals aren't drying out. Yes. Right? Because come spring, when you're out there and if you tip or whatever, and yeah, or it's raining do, and... You don't want your food or your gear getting yeah. wet. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, inspect the foam bulkheads found in some of the, the other, uh, some of the plastic kayaks. Yeah. Right? Um, just from things, temperature changes, you know, if you dropped it, uh, you tie downs from the roof racks, that sort of stuff. It, it can cause the uh, foam blocks to come loose over time. It's just a, a silicon yep. sealant around mm -hmm. it, right? So you know what? You pull it out, clean it up, push it back in, put some more sealant, and you're ready to go for spring. Exactly. Right? So yeah, it's 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 just something that you should do while, before you pack it, because then you just pull it out clean, yep. ready to go, right? Uh, and again, with your with your with your gear, check your PDF, uh, your your PFDs. <laughs> PDFs, you can tell I was at work today. Um, your PFDs for rips and tears and frays and the zippers are working, the latches are, aren't cracked and broken, yeah. that sort of stuff. So you check for that in the fall, in the spring you check for mouse nests. Yeah. Uh, your paddles should be inspected for signs of damage, throw bags, bilge pumps, uh, any, any gear that you're putting away for the winter, just give it a, a good inspection. And that brings us to the third part. When it's all clean and it's all inspected and fixed, prepare to store it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's when you, you, you're figuring out where you're going to put it. If you've got an environmentally controlled storage locker. Yeah. If you have the luxury of, of tying your canoe and the rafters of your garage or, or your kayak up there, like you have to consider your your changes in temperature your the environment where you store it some people unfortunately have to store it outside i i, I have a 
I have a garage and a storage unit to put all my uh, camping gear into. A lot of my uh, kit gets stored in my attic. So it's, uh, but you know, if, if you have to leave it outside and uh, it's one of those things, like uh, if you want to protect it, you don't want to tarp it and seal it because that'll hold in moisture. You might get mold growing mm -hmm. on the on the hull and, and you're going to do more damage to the wood. If you can have a, uh, a standoff from the tarp to the hull of your craft, then that'll help prevent any mold from growing and preventing uv damage over winter prevent snow and ice build up on the craft over winter depending on where it's stored if it yeah, is you, outside you, you don't want to wrap it tight no no you, you take a tarp put it over top but you don't want to wrap it tight. that'll you hold need... water and moisture yeah. in and it, it could end up doing damage through uh through the expansion of ice and, and any cracks or against your gunnels thwarts and whatever yep um canoes usually upside down yep yeah um, exactly. the larger kayaks same deal uh, or not upside down, but uh, supported yeah. near the ends. Yes. Right. Um, a bad thing is if you if you leave a kayak on its bottom or a canoe its bottom, you get like oil canning. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure a lot of people know about this. Like, you know, I've I've had whitewater kayaks where I've stored it poorly, and you get this dip in the hull, and it's like it changes the the dynamics of when you're in the water and stuff. So you got to watch out for the oil canning. So if you store them properly, like a a kayak either on its side or upside down or like a whitewater kayak, if you can, uh, if you can either hang it or sit it on its side, you just want to prevent any damage to the base. Exactly. Um, hung from the wall, hung from the ceiling rafters. Yeah. You know, upside down on sawhorses. That's where. Yeah. That's what I do with mine. They're upside down. I actually got two sets of sawhorses. Yeah. I put one canoe on us the the low set. And I put the other sawhorses over top of that, and put the other canoe on oh, okay, top of yeah. that. Sort of, yeah. so they're stacked that way. Um, gear, you know, stick that away up in the rafters or something. And again, if you're out, if you're storing it outside, uh, make sure that it's clean, doesn't smell in a nice protected yeah, area. You, you if you can put it in one of those big uh, Tupperware toy box sort of things, even, you know, that snap, lid snaps yep. closed. For gear, yeah. Just to make sure the bugs do, or the bugs and the, the critters mice don't get in. Whatever, mice, yeah. especially mice, mice, squirrels, chipmunks. Um, and... Some people actually say if you know that you're like in a controlled environment and you're not, it, your your kayak, for instance, has got the, the cockpit seal over it and when you know nothing's getting in, you can even put some stuff, your, some of your gear into that. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's all ready to go. And now a couple of things we did talk about was canoes with wooden gunnels. Mm-hmm loosening the bolts yes we alluded to this earlier and i said we'd talk about it later it's uh i was surprised and i was looking we've been looking into this to make sure we didn't give anybody any bad information and we both kind of we were both like what why is it telling us this and and if anybody knows tell us but well it talks about the last four or five screws on the gunnels to loosen them off so that you don't have any winter cracking due to brittleness on the uh, the hull of a canoe. Mm -hmm. I would never have thought of that. And I, I don't know, I don't agree with loosening all that stuff off because for the most part, why do you want to release the tension? And that, that gunnel is uh, curved, so you're going to let it uncurve over winter. Mm -hmm. And why would you be fooling with the screws on your gunnels and releasing it over winter? So I just, I, I don't understand it and... Uh, it's one of the things, if it is not broken, why are you fixing it? Well, and then come spring, you know who's going to forget to tighten those? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to be halfway down the highway. Yeah. What the heck's that noise? Hey, what's that screwed falling down my windshield? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've never heard that before. That's just kind of... I'm going to, we, maybe we should uh, contact Randy Mitson at Golf and Outfitters and say, hey, why, why would you do something like this? I wonder if they do that with all the rental fleet, if they, if they have any wooden gunnels. I'm curious. I don't know if any of them do. I think it's all the lightweight or yeah, metal. Yeah, they probably have all Kevlar with yeah. aluminum gunnels. I don't think I've ever seen anything yeah, wood. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, any. yeah, I'll give a, maybe give Randy at uh, AO a call and uh, see what he says. Uh, on another note, though, uh, stand up paddle boards. Unless it's cool and dry, um, you should never stand it up in a corner. Really? 
Yeah. See, I don't have a stand-up paddleboard, so I'm curious. What? What? Well, it's because some people do, say you stand it up in the corner, right? Do they say why? Whatever. It'll cause damage to it. Yeah. Yeah. They always suggest hanging it. Huh. From a like, get a couple of brackets on the wall and okay. hang it sideways, sort Just of so stuff. So it's not touching the floor yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That, I I never never thought of that. I mm-hmm. I would have been the guy that either lays it on. It's side like the, they say with the kayaks, yeah. just lay it on the side against yeah. the wall. That's what I would Or stand done. it up straight yeah. in a, oh, it'll fit Hang in it a, in a rack or something. Yeah, in the corner or in a garage or something like that, right? But yeah, don't do that. And if you're in a hot environment, you shouldn't store it for long periods of time in the bag. Because if it gets hot and the bag holds the heat, oh. it'll cook the core. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it might make it soft and malleable? Brittle afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll damage it. Interesting. So anyway, when you're paying that kind of money yeah, for something. Uh, stand-up idle bars. Like if you're buying a cheap one for like 500 bucks, then you, maybe you don't really care that much. But 500 bucks is a lot of money for me. It's a, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't want to store it wrong and have it get all messed up. Yeah. I mean, that sort of stuff. I mean, it's, it's meant to be you know, out there to have fun and you worked hard to buy it. So you might as well do that little bit extra and keep all your equipment in good shape. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I just bought a new paddle and I mean, the price is a paddle since the last time I had to buy one. It's just gone out the roof. (laughs) And it was like, I've, I felt like just buying like cheap piece of garbage just to, you know, and uh, yeah. Got to start start making our own paddles. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I'm in the middle of uh, building one of those. Um, seats there, the, yeah. the clamp seat things. Oh, okay. In my garage. Yeah. So I can start doing my own. I got all the tools and everything for it now. So and some plans, and <laughs> I'm gonna start making a couple of paddles for my own self. I've got the basic template of a paddle I'm gonna carve over this winter. It's, it's ash. I've already cut it out in the shape of a paddle. I just have to take the uh, start shaving it down into a paddle shape. Do you got the spoke shaves and all? I do. I have all those yeah. stuff. So it's going to be like Good, then a, I don't need uh, to lend you mine. It's going to be like a beaver tail Algonquin type <laughs> yeah? long paddle, yeah. I, I got do, a beaver tail out water. there right now. Um no, sorry, I've got an otter tail out there right now. Yeah. I like that one. I might make one of those. I want to make a voyageur style as well. Yeah. Um those are those are nice, but uh, yeah, I got a couple uh templates there I want to make a few. Like I say, once I get this tool because and and they're great cuz you see it, it holds everything, clamps everything, right? Yeah. So your hands are free and you're not oh, Okay, yeah. Tra- it's totally made out of wood. Yeah, uh, you, you can Google it and and, and see them, um, but uh, yeah, when you when you start pricing out gear that just some preventative maintenance could have saved you a ton of cash. Oh, I know, I know. It's like it's well worth it. It's like oh, I screwed up there. I shouldn't have put that out and left it hanging in the snow or whatever. Yeah, and when you're go out in a garage and you see your PFD hanging there and there's a little mouse staring back at you. <laughs> With those peanuts left over yeah. from that snack. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so take the time, clean, inspect, prepare your, your craft and put it away properly. It'll, you'll be so happy. If you need anything repaired, definitely do it over the winter and, and avoid the big rush come spring. Cause we all know what happens. You know, everybody's there. Everybody sees it. And, uh, why bother? Just, just get it over and done with. And you know, they got the time to do it properly. Over the winter, they're not being rushed, yeah, so you might as yeah. well. So take it. If you haven't done it, do it now. And uh, if you have done it, hopefully uh, you. you got it all done right. You're and ahead haven't, of me. Uh, you're not listening to this going, oh, I knew I forgot something. Yeah. And as we say, the big thing, when you store anything over the winter, especially if it's in the cold, in a garage, outdoors, make sure it's 100% dry. Exactly. Or you could be looking at issues come spring. So let's take a quick break here and... Uh, I got something a bit more tasty to talk about when we get back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. 
Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Crawl out of the tent, first thing I do, fire up the pocket rocket, start the brew, wait for a whiff of that wake-me-up aroma, and then I'm in a happy camper moment. With my hands around the mug, watching the mist rise, the first hot sip, opening my eyes, French press, ground fresh, dipping back, percolator, Nescafe, gourmet, special blend, you know I save time with my morning cup, a camp coffee. Later tonight, dinner's long gone, campfire started and the dishes are done. Blue mugs waiting with my caffeine fix And a little extra something thrown into the mix With my hands around the mug Watching the sunset The first hot sip How good can it get? Swiss Miss chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a gym Irish cream, Maker's Mark, Amaretta, put it in my evening cup of camp coffee. Bear got the food, no problem. Lost the tent pegs, I can solve it. Holes in the tarp, that's easy to fix. Oh, but run out of coffee. It's the end of the trip Gotta have my hands around the mug Watching the mist rise The first hot sip Opening my eyes French press, ground fresh Dipping bag, percolator Nescafe, gourmet Special blend, you know a savor Swiss miss, chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a Jim Beam Irish cream Maker's Mark Amaretto It's all about me and my cup It's something that'll never give up Have a seat, I'll pour you a cup Of Camp Coffee Camp Coffee Camp Coffee Why yes, I believe I will have a second cup, sweetheart you'd never ask. Camp Coffee. Hey, darling, Camp why don't you come on over here and watch this sunset with me. Camp Bring that coffee. cup of coffee with too. That was Jerry Vandiver singing his song, Camp Coffee. And that brings us to our next topic of the day. Coffee. The art of coffee while on the water. Now... I know when I'm camping in the backcountry, I like to get up in the morning, enjoy the sunrise, and I like a nice cup of coffee or hot chocolate it's, or something like that. But. It's part of a process. It's yeah. it's a it's like a state of mind. It's when when I get up in the morning, it, it's not like I'm getting up for work in the morning. And it's like a rush and got to get the kids out of bed and this that the other thing. You are you get up whenever you wake up. You. First thing, the first thing on my mind is obviously nature has to, has its calling. And then it's like, I want to relax with a coffee. I want to walk down by the shore, sit on a beach somewhere, stare out. Hopefully there's a loon, there's something going on. Maybe Watch there's the fog. Some, the fog clearing off the lake in the morning. And a key part of that, a key part of the relaxation for me of, of finding that Zen moment type thing is, is sitting there with a cup of coffee and and I, I don't know it, it makes a difference for me i can do without coffee but wow it really makes a difference to have a nice cup of coffee on the shore and just just relax be in the moment yeah and i mean there's other people that'll they'll get there and they just get up and they're gone yeah sort of thing you know they're just hammering and there's like, days where i'm like that but yeah yeah you know if somebody's got the coffee water going and they, hey you want a coffee Pfft. 
Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> Does a bear poop in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want a coffee. And there are five or so, well, there's more ways to make it, but there's five there's main ways so to make ways, it. Yeah. And I mean, they're starting to get, I, in my opinion, a um, bit too far and a bit too fancy schmancy. With some of the stuff, some of the stuff you're looking like little espresso makers and stuff. Yeah. I'm not bringing that. Even if I'm going for a day paddle and doing a shore lunch, I'm not bringing something like that. It's a little too much. It's a little too... uh, Prissy. Yeah. A little too Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not not there for a Starbucks coffee in the morning. I'm there for a nice, decent cowboy coffee or whatever and something to, just something warm to take the morning chill off. Well, let's just start out with the first, pretty much the easiest of the ways to make coffee. Instant. Yes. You boil some water, you throw some instant coffee in there, you stir it around, boom, you're done. I would have to say that that would be, and I've done it, and I still do it, and I'll do it in the future, the little tiny sleeves of of instant coffee grind or Mm -hmm. whatever, or or you get a little tiny Tupperware container with instant coffee. And it's it's probably the last method I would prefer to use. If if it's a moving day, if it's like pack up and go, crack a light, we have, at the crack of dawn, we have to get on the water and move, then... It's like, yeah, the, the instant coffee is fine. It'll give me that jolt of caffeine to wake me up and, and help me pack everything, the gear up. But if I'm not in a rush, if it's not a travel day... That's I, the last That's the, that's the last, last thing you're going to do. It, well, the last option, I think, would be no coffee. But the second to last option would be like... Instant coffee. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh. Nasty. Well, the, the next easiest would be, I like to call, the cowboy way. Yes, and and you say you use a kettle, but you know, like in my, well, how do you, how often do you, what's what's the down and dirty method for you? The down, yeah, pot or kettle, it doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of times I don't bring a kettle, I bring a pot. Yeah. Um, but you just put the water in and you throw the coffee grounds in yeah. and you bring it to a boil. And once it's boiled, you take it off, let it cool down a bit. Yep. And... Uh, I know that if you're doing it in the billy can, I've seen people, you know, they do the uh, uh, swing it around. So yeah. all the coffee grounds go, go, go to the bottom. Centrifugal force, force that's and, it. Yeah. All the coffee grounds go to the bottom of the pot so you can, when you're pouring it out into your cup, the, the grounds aren't yes. floating on the top, right? Yeah. But that, yeah, that's cowboy coffee. And and there's still an art to that. Like for me, when I do cowboy coffee or when, when the group of us are out, it's like you boil the water. And I would never boil water with the grinds in it. And it just makes, I find, I find it makes a harsh coffee and it makes a frothy coffee and whatever. So I would, uh, I would boil it. And then as soon as it boils, you turn it off and just, you, then you, you throw in the, uh, the coffee grinds and, and usually I would not never instant. It'd be like uh, coffee. Oh, real that, coffee grounds. Yeah, yeah. Coffee that been, yeah. that's been ground just prior to the trip. Nice fresh grind. And just let it soak in without stirring and just let it soak for a while. And, you know, five or ten minutes later, the the, the high heat edge is taken off the, the water and, and you're ready to go. And I don't mind the grinds. Like, usually they sink to the bottom anyways. You Maybe some people say a little dash of cold water to help the grinds settle. But uh, I don't mind the grinds. So it, it's that that's sort of my down and dirty. Just throw it in a pot and, and you're good to go. Yeah, and see, if if the spoon stands up in the coffee, that's good for me. <laughs> Not for me. So that's why I, <laughs> I'm just the opposite. I'd rather cook them. And the only thing you got to watch is if the heat's too direct yes. and hot, you could burn the grinds. Yes. And right, that are in nasty. there, which is nasty. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you give it a little little stir as they're yep. as it's uh, heating up, then uh, that's that's pretty good. But that's that's the cowboy way. Um, and one step up from the cowboy way is the percolator. Yes. Which I could never, when I was younger, I could never understand how a percolator worked. (laughs) You know, and I'm thinking, why don't you just throw the grinds in? Like, what what are you doing? Right. Um, but you can get the, yeah, it's just like the cowboy way, except there's a basket to hold the grounds. Yes. And that's all it is. There's a, you know, as, as it boils, 
the water goes up the little pipe and down and in through yep. and and everything through the grounds and, and you make your coffee that way. And I'd say the majority of the time, me camping with with uh, the family or with a group of guys from work, that it's a percolator that we use. Yeah. We have this aluminum percolator that's beat all to heck and uh, little glass knob yeah, uh, at the top, top. And and that's the majority of the time. That's how I'm making coffee on a camping trip. Yeah, and, and you it, know it what? Especially good. if you're like growing up when we were when we were camping. Everybody I knew, you like you could go over in the morning and you could find one of those percolator. Yeah, and yeah. everybody seeing them that they're silver, and it's got that silver metal basket inside. Exactly. Everybody yeah. had one in their yeah. trailer. You know, their trailer, their tent, the whatever they were camping. Industrial method of making coffee. Yeah, and that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about that is you can store stuff in it when you're packing it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you, all your coffee and all that you can store right in there. Yeah. You know, so while you're traveling, it's not just empty space inside. Yes. That's, and you're not taking up more space with your coffee and everything. Everything, you can fit everything inside and, and travel with it, right? The, the, when you're using the kettle. And with that method, the only thing I haven't figured out yet, and it all comes down to the stove you have. Like, I've never had a decent stove that I was able to just have a light boil without overboiling it. Because often if you, and, and even with MSR Whisper Lights and what, all, all these little, uh, like, white gas stove or mm-hmm. little propane stoves, if you boil it too fast, you end up washing the grinds right into the pot, and then you get grinds in your coffee again. So it, it's really hard to get the the uh, pot of water to simmer on a typical modern stove, white gas stove or whatever. Well, as, as we're saying, I mean, the, these are just the down and dirty easiest ways to do it. There is still a bit of an art form to it. There is. You yeah, got to learn absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, you got to learn your equipment. Yeah. Um, since the advent of um, like the, the heatable plastics and rubbers and collapsible yep. containers and stuff, there is the collapsible, collapsible drip yeah. And Lid. a lot of people like basically you can either have these collapsible things or like I've I've tried I've tried so many methods. Like you t- just grab a paper filter from your coffee maker mm-hmm. and uh you just hook that on a stick and you hang it on a couple other sticks and just let the water dribble through. You're sitting there. Yeah, the stick through the top pouring over pouring water yeah. into the paper yep. filter over the grinds and it takes forever and it's awkward and Well, and these collapsible ones are like that. You put the yes, you can put and the and it just goes right over the cup. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes over the cup and you can put your your filter in there if you want yep. with the coffee in it. And you just slowly pour the water in. And some people go, I mean, there's an art form to it. And you got to put this much water in and stir it around to moisten. And and you got to then add a little bit of water and this exact number of grams. And just pour the water in. (laughs) Give me me a coffee before I throttle you in your sleep. You know, we're, we're out camping. I want a coffee and there's an ax nearby. You might, you might want to just get me my coffee. (laughs) So yeah, this allows you, I mean, this is a great, it folds down, you know, it just collapses on itself. Yeah. And then you just throw it on your, your, the top of your uh, cup and make a single coffee if you want. Yeah. And that, that's perfect. And those, those would be the easiest ways. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just simple. You just take hot water and you pour it through the grinds. Yeah. The next one sort of goes along with what you did with the, instead of the, like the cowboy way, is now you can get like the French press. Yes. I've tried this. It's a decent way. And uh, often like when my coffee maker breaks down at home, this is, I, we pull the French press. Well, I've press got a French out. press here. Yeah. I got and the French nice. press. I got the espresso cappuccino yeah. maker. I've got the, the drip coffee maker and. Yeah. I got instant coffee and I can make coffee 15 ways from Sunday here. <laughs> but when I'm on a canoe trip or even just on a day trip and I'm going to have a shore lunch or something, I'm thinking this isn't for... No. People People do. Yes. They yes, bring they it, they yep. put it in their pack and they bring it along. To me, this is something that's packed in your trailer. Yeah. Or I, your I've, car camping. I've taken a French press camping and uh, like I, I've, over the years I've found a couple different metal types and... Like one is, uh, it's like a metal go cup, insulated go cup, and a French press fits right into the lid. Yeah. It was I got it for with a with a magazine subscription, and it uh, it's a really decent cup, and it's a French press built right into it. So it's GSI it, makes. Uh, yeah, and that's one of those, my, yeah. the one I have. Yeah. it's yeah. made of GSI. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, it's it's just like a French press. Yeah. So you you put your grounds in, you put the little filter in. The other big one that everybody seems to use is the Aero Press. Yes. And there's a little filter. There, you go. <laughs> I've got one of those too. Yeah, you put the little filter at the bottom, you get yeah. it wet, and then you screw it on the bottom, and you put that right on your mug, and then you put the coffee in, and then you uh, you put the, the water in, and you quickly put the top on to stop the leaking yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff, and then you slowly... And yeah, it's just like making it at home. It looks like but a giant just, fat hypodermic needle. Yeah, but that's space. Yes, yeah. That's space and weight. Yeah. In your pack. And and yeah, it's I, I tried it once on a camping trip, and it's just it's a it's a pain in the butt. It's so much easier just to take a pot and throw grinds in a pot. Yeah. And if you're going to go the full <laughs> route, yes, of a French press on yeah. your canoe trip. Well, then you might as well buy the personal grinder. Yes. The hand grinder, where you put your beans in, you put the lid on top. There's a little space underneath where as you grind it to whatever <laughs> specifications you want. I would like a Turkish grind, please. You can do that. You can do anything from um, a Turkish grind to a really fine... You crank it yeah. like a like the old pepper crackers, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you just turn the handle on the top, and it falls in. And then there's all your ground coffee, and you put yeah. that in your French press, and it's a little much. Yeah, it's little, a little much. Yeah, um, I'm sure something you know, to the all the power to you if that's the way you prefer to go. But it's it's a lot of work, a lot of extra spaces. I'll do that at home. Yeah. And I mean, I love my coffee. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll drink a pot of coffee a day easy and i mean i go down to st lawrence market yeah and they've got a vendor there and they make their own coffees like they roast the beans oh, there yeah. and they, from all over the place i mean these are there's some pretty expensive ones you know the uh the serval cat variety yeah yeah civet, they got civet cat yeah. civet civet cat yeah they got that stuff there once in a while i've, and, I've always wanted oh, to try yeah. that yeah, cat poop beans yeah i'd like to uh, try get my own green beans and roasting my own beans I don't know if... Well, yeah, yeah I guess I you could. I thought about doing that. It's, just... it's, it's quite the, the process. Yes. But it would but be interesting to try. I, I love my coffee and I really... I like stronger coffees and stuff like that. So I do all this stuff at home. But when I'm on a canoe trip, unless I'm sitting there on a rainy day, I'm not doing any of this. Yeah, it's just throw the grinds in the pot, gotta go, gotta have coffee. Now, there is one other one that I've seen... And if you've got one of the bigger Coleman, like two burner, three burner stoves, okay. it's a drip press, just like your drip coffee pot you put on in the yep. morning while you're in the shower. And it fits over one of the burners. Okay. So it heats the water and the heat steam in that causes the water to come oh, up and through. Oh, the little espresso, GSI espresso thing. I, yeah. I, was, I was looking at that. I That's definitely car camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, sor I'm sorry, but if... I've never tried one. I've been curious to try one, but I'm not going to waste the money on something like that. It's oh, they're when, huge, when though. They're, yeah, they're too yes. Like, yeah. like, I mean, from a, a canoe tripper point of view. Yes. Right? Um, I, and, and I got to say, I don't know many kayakers that would uh, take it on on a day trip or They'd even... Be hard pressed, eh? Yeah, space. I can see some granola crunching West Coasters that might try something like that. If you're from like, I'm going to make fun it's of it. It's a hipster here. movement. Yeah, hipster movement. If you're from Vancouver Island or if you're from Seattle, Tacoma, it's like, yeah, I can see people doing that. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, you know, you, like you're going to have breakfast, but you're going to spend an hour and a half making your, your own little Starbucks uh, green beanery coffee type thing. It's like, <laughs> but it's, Again, I, I, I make fun, but I'd be willing to try it. Well, the last item I've got when it comes to coffee, I'm not going to get into all the beans and stuff like that because that's personal preference. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I prefer a stronger coffee. Um, and there's days when we make a big pot of coffee and you're sitting there and you look at this pot and you got to go, make sure you got yourself a metal thermos or something with a lid on it. Okay. Because there's nothing like, if you're going out for the day paddling, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you got yourself yeah. a nice hot cup of exactly. coffee the entire day. Yeah. You know, you know, an hour and a half out on the lake, you know, you're out there fishing and you want a coffee, you got that nice yeah. cup of coffee in that metal thermos and it's going to stay warm. Metal thermos is key, not the glass yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 Make sure if you drop yeah. it on a rock, it's going to bounce. Yeah. Right. 
So those are, there is an art form to coffee. There is. And it is becoming a lot more um, easy to, to do when you're out yeah. on the water. You know, I mean, back, yeah, like I say, instant coffee or the cowboy way. You know, that was that was the way to do it. Yes. Now you've got the drip, you've got the, the French press and everything else. And, oh, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing. You know, we come a long way when it comes to our to our coffees. Yes, right? and uh, I, I would one of the last things I'd bring up is, and we made fun of this today. Like there was one thing we looked at last, like we were looking at over the last week or so. We were talking about, it. and one is it takes it takes it looks like a small bicycle pump, and you can pump oh, this the, thing up. What's it? Uh, something press. It's not AeroPress, but it's. Uh, yeah, I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. But anyways, yeah, so it's uh, it's like an espresso maker. And uh, this thing, you, you put the, the grind into the cap and uh, and you press it. It's a hand presso. It's like a $130 espresso maker, right? So it looks like a small bicycle hand pump. And you pump this thing away and it's like, it's like that. this is kind of, I think, a little bit over the top. But, so there was that that we made fun of. And the other thing was, uh, what was it called? It was the... Yeah, uh, not the bripe. Yeah, the bripe. The That's bripe. It. The, the bripe. brew pipe. The bripe. And Google it. <laughs> yes, Google the bripe. It, it, it's, a, it's a copper metal pipe. And <laughs> you, you, it's, it looks exactly like a pipe. And it's got like a two or three ounce bowl of the pipe. You put your, grind, your filter in, your grinds in, you put your water in, you boil the head of the pipe... And uh, then you blow some bubbles down the pipe into it and it clears out the filter and then you slowly suck the coffee up through the pipe. And it's like this really weird wacko thing. And <laughs> if this is your thing, then all the power to you. But I'm thinking, yeah, you're going to get like an ounce of coffee out of this sucker. And, and I guess maybe you can smoke the grinds when you're done. I don't know. <laughs> b-r-i-p-e google that it's it's interesting there's a there's a video on youtube about it and uh i, I don't know who came up with the idea and it shows looks like they're on the side of the colorado river making coffee out of their little bripe it's uh yeah it's, it's interesting the coffee brew pipe yeah um b yeah b-r-i-p-e yeah so yeah <laughs> caffeine connoisseurs yes <laughs> I, I don't know i I'm thinking somebody's going to lose that uh, coffee and fill it with something a bit different. <laughs> it's going to go from brew pipe to hookah really yeah. fast, yeah. you know. So so whatever you do, whatever your method is of uh, making coffee while you're out on the water, just as long as you enjoy it, it's all, it's all good, right? And... Uh, there's many, many different ways to make it now, as we've seen. and Yes, and if anybody has any opinions out there about their coffee or their favorite method, drop us a line like we always say. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, we look forward to, uh, once we get our new website up and running, uh, there's going to be easier, it'll be much easier for you guys to get a hold of us. Uh, some people have complained that it is difficult to get a hold of us, so we're fixing that. And with the new website, that should be much easier to drop us a line and uh, send us a note. Excellent. So let's take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. So welcome back. Uh, before we call it an end of another episode, Derek, you uh, want to bring something up, the, an event that's coming up uh, January. 
but tickets have gone on sale already. Yes. So this is the uh, first of the 2017 events that's uh, coming up this winter. Everybody look forward to these uh, winter and spring events. You know, sportsmen show this, sportsmen show that. So this here is the, uh, it's put on by Algonquin Outfitters. And in January this year, it'll be Tuesday, January 24th and Wednesday, January 25th. Tickets went on, started on sale last week. Uh, adults, it's $16. Students, it's $12.50. So this is the Banff Mountain Film Fest. Hits 300 communities worldwide. And uh, Algonquin Outfitters puts it on every year for Huntsville in the Algonquin Theatre. So this is coming up. This is something to create the passion for adventure for everybody to excited about the new upcoming events and, you know, videos on skiing or water, like water adventures and stuff like that. So it's... Uh, if you're interested in something like that, if it's one of the first events you're going to get to in the new year, tickets are on sale now. So it's something that uh, I keep meaning to hit every year. And there's a lot of people that is popular and the Algonquin Theatre isn't that large. So it does sell out quick. It's only two nights. So it's something to look into. So it's like the real paddling film festival, except Precisely. more sports. Precisely, yes. Like there's a skiing and all that sort of yes. stuff Yes, so there'll be skiing, there'll be climbing. Hiking. Yeah. Biking. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I think uh, we'll hit it up this year and uh, check it out. Because, you know, they, they put on the real paddling film festival and that was uh, pretty decent as well. Yes. So so that's it. Um, take a minute and say, uh, find us on Facebook and find us on Instagram. And you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. I'm Sean Rowley and thank you for listening. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.